Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join Jill and Tom as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, when you get a chance, check us out at ConsumerGuide.com. While you're there, check out our 2023 Best Buy picks. This list is an excellent starting place if you're looking for a new car or truck. And, and this is important, you can listen to back episodes of the podcast right there on our homepage. So it's easy. You should just be doing that. All right. She's the managing editor of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. She is a North American Car of the Year juror, and her freelance work can be found uh, all over the internet. Yes. Jill, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. She's Jill Simonillo, <laughs> just to get your last name in there. Simonillo, not Salmonella, not Citronella, not uh, Cinderella, but Simonillo. You know what? Maybe it's because we had a dry spring. We didn't have a dry... We're not talking about citronella this year. Not yet. It used to be like an effective mosquito repellent, or we yes. thought it was. Yes. I, I had... I, it's funny. Before I knew what citronella was, like I took it as a compliment that one of my teachers called me citronella, because I was like, oh, I have a special name. And I'm like, oh, he's calling me a bug repellent. Awesome. It sounds like a <laughs> 70s, the 70s men's aftershave. Uh, you you know. weren't there. No, I was not. But, but like English leather used to come in lime. English leather aftershave, lime. An interesting. Yeah. Blech. Just just citrus-scented men. Mm. All right. We're already okay. off the rails. We, we are. We are. But, you know, that's what we do here at the <laughs> Car Stuff Podcast. We've got a lot of stuff, lot of stuff to talk about today. Later yes. in the show, Sheldon Brown of Toyota is on the show. Yes. We're going to be talking Tacoma. Yes. Tacoma's a big deal. It is a big deal. They have changed the Tacoma. It's like a new pope <laughs> or changing the recipe of the Big Mac. It's like that big a deal. It, it is. You, you, don't, you don't mess with the Tacoma. Yeah. It is, it is easily the most dated vehicle in its class, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very likable anyway. It's yeah. the best selling vehicle in its class. It has yeah. the best resale value of any vehicle in its class. Yeah. So why are they messing with a good thing? Uh, yeah. That, because they, you know what? I haven't driven it yet, but I'm going to argue... They made it better. Well, I assume so. I hope so. No, sometimes uh, automakers totally muck things up. When just talking <laughs> about this, just talking about this on, on on Twitter. But do you remember the Dodge Cirrus and and the uh, Chrysler Sebring? I remember the Sebring. I do not remember the Dodge. Well, those got moved to become the Avenger and the uh, Two Hundred. Yes, the first Two Hundred. Yes, and they weren't made better. No. This was under Daimler Chrysler, and they yeah. were made crappy. Yeah. Yeah, they, they just borrowed some Mitsubishi parts, tried to stretch them to make a mid-sized car, and it was terrible. Yeah. So to your point, yes, not all new cars are better <laughs> than the no. cars they replace. No, but I, I think the Tacoma, I mean, it looks better. There's some really cool things, and I can't wait to talk to Sheldon about it. It does look good. Yeah. It does look good. I wanted to talk about something a little bit boring, but it makes a point. Uh, okay. I, I like I like points. So run the, run the clock on me. I don't want to talk about this for too long. And I don't have my watch on today. Okay. So uh, go. All right. I'm going to read <laughs> something here from a press release. Okay. But last week, Borg Warner. Yeah. We know Borg Warner, right? Yeah. A supplier to the industry since 1928. Yeah. Huge supplier. Uh, divested itself of part of the company. And I'll get to why in a moment, but I want to read this press release. Okay. This is just a quote from the press release. 
And I quote, a tremendous amount of work has gone into bringing us where we are today, says Frederick Lizaldi, president and chief executive officer of BorgWarner. Two years ago, BorgWarner announced charging forward the company's strategy to accelerate its transition to electrification. That strategy included the disposition of three to four billion in combustion related revenues by 2025. Ouch. <laughs> the completion of the spinoff of Finia, that's the new company, Finia, combined with the 2022 sale of North American Controls business, represents the completion of this key pillar of the charging forward strategy. This important step allows BorgWarner and Finia to focus on and continue to pursue their respective strategies. We wish Finia, we wish the Finia team all the best as they begin their own journey uh, in, as an independent company, said Lizaldi. So, wow, what a send-off. Go away now. Yeah. Have a nice life. Bye. But, but you remember when we had John McElroy on the show? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Long time ago. We need to have him back, actually. We do, because he's great. Yes. He's a great guy and very smart. Um, but but he talked about how this was going to happen. Yeah. How companies were going to stop building gasoline engines, or in this case, parts for gasoline engines. Right. And probably those operations will consolidate. Now, we haven't seen the consolidation part yet, but Borg Warner is going on its own way without electrific- or with electrification. Right. And kissing off the gas side of the business. Yeah, it's like, bye. Now, I heard an interview with uh, the CEO of Finia. Okay. You're going to like this part. They're open to exploring uh, hydrogen powertrains in the <laughs> future. Okay. But but th- that's not where they're going right now. So, to be clear, Finia, uh, mm-hmm. with PH, not an F, um, yes. is um, they are going to be the gas component Yep. Supplier. And Borg Warner is going all in on electrification. That is the story here. All right. It's a big deal. And you remember that Ford did this sort of. <laughs> Ford didn't spin off anything, but it, it divided its business up. Yes. Do you remember the of. three branches? Oh, I yeah. When there was like the E and uh-huh. um, Blue. Uh-huh. And I can't remember the other one. Pro. Pro. Yeah, yeah. you got them. Yeah, yeah. So it's Ford Blue. Uh-huh. That's the old internal combustion business. Right. And that includes Mustang, F-150. But not Mach-E. But not Mach-E. <laughs> Ford Model E, which is electrification. Right. And Ford Pro, which is business. And, yeah, and they commercial. did this. I don't think this represents a reorganization in terms of what they did with buildings or people or stuff like that. But it's how they report their income. Right. Because the E income is going to be bad for a couple of years. Yeah. And I think they want to demonstrate that so that four, five, six years from now, when it starts to make money, they can show that on paper. Right. But on yeah. the other hand, like right there, they're, they're starting to wash their hands of the old stuff. Yep. Now, there's no timeline, and they intend to make money on model or on blue for a long time. Right. But still. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And this is sort of what Sam was getting to uh, last week as well. Yeah. So there you have it. Interesting times. They are. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I mean, kind of along the lines of um, the gas engine isn't going away. I feel like we talked about this a little bit last week, but General Motors has invested a lot of money in um, their truck assembly plant. And they have stated that that investment goes towards the next generation of ICE engines, internal combustion engines, for um, the next generation of trucks. Yeah, GM has not been so bold as to talk about divesting itself of no. gasoline operations. But what they have is, what they have done is strongly define their their electric car yeah. stuff. Right? We know the name. Right? It, it's it's all. Um, I can't think of it. Uh, Ultium, is that what Thank you're Thank you, yes. <laughs> I'm like, is that where you're going for? Yeah, so Ultium is the technology, it's right. the architecture, and it's the battery. It's okay. all branded. And and so is it just me? Whenever you hear Ultium, does anybody else think of Ultron? No. No, Is the that Avengers. a Transformer? No, the Avengers, oh, okay. Ultron. No, oh, okay. I, I know it's nothing about that stuff. Well. I haven't watched a Marvel movie. I watched the first Iron Man movie. It was good. <gasps> it was good. If you liked that, you will like the rest. I don't have time. Yeah, you're too busy watching reruns of old <laughs> stuff. 
I was gonna I was gonna say um, the the uh, the other S word, but yeah, you're too busy watching reruns of things you've already seen. That said, <laughs> Gunsmoke is brilliant. The first ten years of Gunsmoke, so good. Better than any. This is me shaking Ultron. my head. Nobody can see it, but I'm literally shaking my head right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm taking that. We don't have to talk about. You know what we have to talk about? What? Uh, congratulations, Jill. Uh oh. We have been named a must listen oh. to podcast yes. by Feedspot this for is, 2023. This is good. Yes. Must listen to. Must, must, must bleh, I can't speak. Must listen to. 70 podcasts made the list. Yes. We were number 29. Yeah. Yeah. Must listen to. Yeah. So here's the problem. Everyone listening right now is listening. So thank you. But what about their friends? Yeah. Their relatives? You their family? Share this. Yeah. Their bosses? Yes. Their bosses' kids? Let them know. <laughs> yes. Right. Some of us are on TikTok, so the kids would care. All right. You wanted to talk about the Honda Accord. I did, actually. Can I sneak something in first? It's not a full review. Fine. Just an observation. Okay. We spoke recently, maybe two weeks ago, about the Lexus RZ. Yes. And my concerns, you had driven it at this point. Yes. I had not. Yes. My concerns that it was going to be too much like the Toyota BZ4X. Yep. Which it is like. It is. It is mechanically that vehicle. Ish. Ish. Uh, the RZ is brilliant. Yeah. I drove it over the weekend. I drove yeah. it from Chicago to Milwaukee, about 200 miles round trip. Mm -hmm. And and my only, com I have two, one and a half complaints about this car. Okay. It's a little expensive. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to go with the top trim level. You can shave five grand. Uh, mine was 67 grand all in. Okay. You can do this vehicle for 62. Okay. Which sounds a little less crazy. Well, and it's a Lexus. It's a so, Lexus. Yeah. It's a Lexus. That, that, that seems reasonable-ish. The other problem... Is the range. Yeah. And that's the real problem. That, 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 is, that is the big problem. I drove it on a hot day, mm -hmm. and I did definitely need to charge when I got up there. Okay. So now, you drove to Milwaukee, you needed to charge, drove yeah. back. I was on 94, which is the, the, the major interstate between Chicago and Milwaukee. I may have been driving the speed limit plus two, three miles an hour, so that's bad for battery range. Right. I had the AC on. Uh, so the AC makes a huge difference. Well, I wonder what the AC, the difference would be between having the AC on and having your windows open. Frankly, it seems like the um, resistance might cause issues as well. This has been addressed before. And mm -hmm. yes, the wind resistance may offset any advantage you get by turning off the AC. So essentially by driving, <laughs> you're not going to get the range they recommend. Well, not on the highway. Yeah. With the AC. Yes. If you were windows Period. up without the AC on. And dying. You're good. Yeah. But if you turn on the heat, same problem. Yeah. So here's the thing. This is, here's the thing about this car, and it's it's a shoot your foot off kind of thing. Okay. 220 miles of range. Okay. With the standard 18-inch wheels and tires. <laughs> you can upgrade for free, because mm. there's no way they can charge for this. Right. To the 20-inch wheels and tires, which do look fantastic. Right. But cost you 24 miles of range. Why would you do that? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. So I did charge at a fast charging station, hundred kilo or hundred and fifty kilowatt hour station. Okay. Oh, oh. Oh. I'm digging into your time, but I gotta talk about this. <laughs> Electrify America station. Okay. Right? It worked. It worked fine. Okay. Hundred and fifty kilowatts, like it's pumping fast. Everything went fine. I'm sitting in the car wasting electricity, right? Because I'm yep. in the car with the air conditioning on while it's charging. Of course. Just kicked back with a, a recent issue of automotive news. I felt good. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares, right? So, uh, it's coming. Here's a scam. It's not a scam. It's a thing people have to know about. Okay. In in Wisconsin, Electrify America charges not by the kilowatt hour, but by time. Oh. This is where this gets interesting. And there is a scam component to this. I went from 35% charge to 80% charge in something like 25 minutes. This with me sitting in the car, listening to music with the AC on. 
Right. Uh, so that was fine. That's about as advertised. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. At 80%, two important things happen. Okay. The charging slows down, mm-hmm. not because of the battery, mm-hmm. because Electrify America slows it down. And it goes from 150 kilowatts to 15. What? But you're still being charged by time. So there is no point to sticking around for a minute longer, right? So the, my full charge to 80% was $9.25. Me just sitting there finishing an article, you know, with the AC on, listening to mm-hmm. music. I've discussed this already. I picked up 3% of additional charge, and it doubled the cost of the charge. Of course it did. You're like, you got to leave at 80%. Yeah. You just got to get, so there you have it. But the Electrify America station was nice. I think there were 10 stations there. Worked well. I think every one of them was working. While I was there, lots of cars pulled up and charged. Okay. So nice to see that in action. Nowhere near where nice, I needed nice, to be. Nice to see an Electrify America station actually working. Is yes. that what I heard you say? That is, exact, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Also, yeah. it wasn't very convenient to where I needed to be. I had to mm. drive 10 miles to get there. Yeah. And use 10 miles of precious, precious air-conditioned range. Precious range, when you only have, what, <laughs> 220 miles of range to, to at the beginning? That's my point. Yeah. 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 So, so by the time I, I went and picked up my wife where she was, and then we got back to the highway, I had wiped out 10% of my range hmm. with the AC on and the music playing. Yeah. But still. Yeah, it was the music playing that really was the problem. But this Lexus, beautiful car. Nice interior. Unbelievably good on the highway. Lots of power. There's nothing here about this Lexus not to like but the range. Okay. Yes, right. I agree. All right. Uh, uh, Honda Accord, what is that? <laughs> uh, one of the best-selling sedans in America. Uh, they they have a, a, a redesigned vehicle for the 2023 model year. And um, I, I've, I've driven it um, in Chicago, and then I recently took a road trip to Accord. Not Accord. Accord. I believe they say Or Accord. Accord. It's not Accord. New York. Um, I know, right? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about the pronunciation of this town, Uh, but it's uh, in New York. And um, I need to clarify this was an actual Honda event. This was an actual Honda event. I'm trying to figure out why you're in New York. Yeah. Okay. uh, To drive the Accord and Accord. Yep. And, did they um, do that on purpose? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They totally did that on purpose. Some some intern needs to be fired. No, 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 no. It's actually kind of cool because they have a picture of, um, I, I think it was like the first Honda Accord in Accord, and they have like a whole brochure like centered around this. And so while we were in New York, we visited this town and we went to the museum. They have like a little historical museum and it's like in an old house. And they had very proudly displayed the picture of the Honda Accord in front of the Accord General Store. It was pretty cool, actually. This is a town that needs something horrible to happen in it so they can focus on something else. Funny you should say that. <laughs> Apparently, there was somebody who a flood was, I, I, I can't, I, I don't even know the whole story, but right next to the museum, something happened. And so the neighbor was really ticked off about it and had a sign posted in the yard for the museum that said somebody was murdered here. <laughs> oh, there you go. So there you go. So there's something so else now, to talk now, about. Now there's something else to yeah. talk about. But I mean, bad about the murder, but interesting. I don't. I don't think the person actually died. Oh. But it was like a family dispute. The person was ticked off, and but at any rate, I, I'm really not. I'm digressing. I'm not talking yeah. about the car. So the we, car. We may not be a must listen to podcast in <laughs> half an hour. No, we are. Um, the Honda Accord. I really liked this vehicle, and we had the hybrid version, and it is. 
and it's funny because when I posted pictures of it on TikTok and Instagram, people are just like, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I like the way it looks. And the, um, you know, it had like the, uh, the one of the versions I had had a blacked out grill package on it. And yeah. it just, I, I think it looked really nice. And I really, really like the Honda hybrid powertrain. Yeah. And I know everybody is um, all like gung-ho Toyota hybrid powertrain, which it's quite, lo- quite nice. Um, but I, you know, and I did not drive the Accord in the... Um, Camry back to back, but I have driven the CRV and the RAV4 hybrids back to back, and I like the CRV hybrid powertrain better. So I just, I really like the hybrid well, powertrain on the Accord. And that's fine, and that's saying a lot because yeah. the Honda or the Toyota system is excellent. Yes. Yeah. And, and anyone who's driven that, that particular Toyota drivetrain in the Lexus ES, is that called 250H? Whatever that's called. 300, I think it's ES250H, whatever. It's spectacularly smooth in that application. Yeah. So you're just saying it's even better than that. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I would say it's on par with, if not better than. Um, and I just, I really right. enjoyed it. And it's comfortable. And I had uh, one version with like the um, leather seats, one version with cloth seats. Cloth seats are really nice and attractive. You, you know, I actually like cloth seats in a vehicle these days because. That Lexus RZ. Summer. It's like a vegan interior. I like vegan interiors. Yeah, interesting. Um, but no, I, I I liked it. I um, thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed the um, the the touchscreen, the wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, uh, the the way it drives, the you know, just like it was really peppy and comfortable. Like this is a great road trip car. Yeah, no, I just drove the same car. Actually, I drove a um, um, tour. Um, Hybrid Sport. Yeah, yeah. Which is the cheapest way to get into the hybrid. And it was the red one? Yep. With the, yeah, you had, so you had the one I had in Chicago with the blacked out badging and the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, about $33,000. Yeah. And and hell of a nice car. And things you didn't mention, exceptional room for four adults. Yes. Um, unbelievably roomy, big trunk, great ride and handling, mm-hmm. quiet. But I got to get back to the ride and handling. This is a really sporty car. Mm-hmm. And and for a hybrid drivetrain, there's power available right away. This is this yeah. is preferable to the base 1.5 turbo. Yeah. Forget that. Just step up. It's only Just, a couple of grand. Yeah. Get the hybrid. Get get the hybrid. And you get your money back probably at resale time anyway. Yeah. I uh, yeah. So. I cannot say enough good things. I will have a full first spin review that um, you will be posting on the website coming soon. News to me. Woo! No, that's good. You know why that's great? Hmm. Because if you write a review of it for me, I can have fun with my time and do something like a five cool things. Yes. So there you go. So there you go. All right. Yep. All right. We should take a break. When we come back, we talk to Sheldon Brown of Toyota about the all-new Tacoma. Yes. All right. Stick around. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel here with Jill Simonello. Hey, Jill. Hello. Jill, you just declined to eat an entire apple fritter. It's bigger than my face. Which, is your face that big? That seems like fritter size. It, it's it's big. If I had to describe your face, I might describe it as fritter sized. I think I'm kind of insulted by that. <laughs> Not at all. It's entirely mm-hmm. appropriate. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that went off the rails pretty quick. Yeah. Jill, I'm on Twitter. Um, really? This is the time of the show where I talk about that. People should follow me on Twitter. I am Car Guy Tom. <laughs> car underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. I promise to entertain. Also, uh, no one is going to care about this under the age of 60, but I did see over the weekend 
an unbelievable survivor. It was a Buick Apollo, probably a 72 or 73. I forget what year they changed the bumpers, but crazy car. If you remember the Chevy Nova, this was weird. Buick's weird, affordable version of that. Okay. All right. Yes? Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> that, that was the point of that. So, Jill, you've been wanting to talk about the Tacoma for a while. Yes. So I think this is our chance. On the phone right now is our friend uh, Sheldon Brown. He is the chief engineer of research and development at Toyota. He knows all about the new Tacoma. Hello, Sheldon. Hello. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing very well, and thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Where are you calling from? Uh, actually, I'm uh, on Predator Manufacturing uh, location in uh, Baja, Mexico. We're uh, doing some of our early uh, pre-production builds, so I apologize in advance if you hear some noise in the background. I'm trying to be in the quietest place I can. <laughs> no, that's really cool, actually, that you're on-site building Tacomas as we speak. That's very cool. So I just want to get one real big question out of the way, and then I know Jill's got a bunch of questions for you. But the Tacoma, and I mentioned this earlier, changing the Tacoma is is like getting a new Pope or changing the Big Mac. It is such a big deal. The car has been so the vehicle has been so successful for so long. People love it so much. Uh, why are you guys changing this vehicle now? That's a great question, and, and honestly, it was uh, a tremendous honor to be able to be part of this. Uh, I'll say generational uh, opportunity, right, to, to, to change Tacoma. <laughs> Um, but honestly, you know, it's like any good thing. When you have a great product and you have uh, good customer following, uh, you want to stay true to that product. And you, you try to time is everything. And you want to ride that wave uh, just about right, but you sure you sure don't want to get caught standing flat-footed when the wave crashes. And, um, you know, I think we've been able to provide a great product for a very long time. Um, but we're beginning to get to the uh, ends of, of this current generation platform and certainly some of the technologies uh, we're really limits there, and we really thought it was important to maintain competitiveness in this segment. And really, what our customers expect from this vehicle, it was it was time to change. And with the introduction of the all-new uh, TNGF platform, no time was better than now to reconsider and reimagine what the, the next generation Tacoma might be. So tell us, what were the opportunities? The old vehicle was known for its durability, it was known for its off-road ability, uh, for reliability, for insane resale value, and just general belovedness by the general public <laughs> what are the opportunities what do you what is it that you guys are making better about the new tacoma well yeah thanks those qdr quality dependability reliability that's our lifeblood uh and that is you know that was a, a non a non uh, starter for us in terms of what we needed to do uh begin with on the next generation the great part is we can take that in advantage so as we move to this new this new platform as we move to these new powertrains as we move to this new upper body we're able to advance in almost every single segment so with the new um, box, uh, fully boxed ladder frame uh, and able to use the new uh, Dejima process or what we call the, the um, laser welded blanking for strength and performance, we're able to improve the overall characteristics of the, uh, characteristics of the truck, the frame strength, the rigidity, the ride handling, maybe more important, um, even the corrosion performance. Uh, we're able to get rid of those, basically the reinforcements on the inside of those channels those were uh, easy for us to collect water, and, and over time, they could be uh, opportunities or areas where our corrosion can start. With this new uh, box frame that we're using and the laser wel uh, welded blanking, we're able to completely eliminate that. So, again, making long-term durability performance requirements much, much better for this truck. Same goes for, you know, powertrain and, and for the upper body. We're able to bring new technology to our customers um, with uh, EPS, electronic power steering, and things that the, the outgoing platform simply did not have. Um, and then, you know, when we think about uh, even uh, from the, the technology standpoint, the all that's new in the world of connected, we have to make sure that all the ECUs within this truck um, are able to communicate with each other 
bring them into the next level of our electrical platform so that we can provide services, products, and, and um, I'll say attributes that our, our customers are asking for. So uh, it was time for a change, and we're really excited in, in 2024 to watch this new product to the, to the world. So I'm hearing about all this high-tech stuff, and, and one of the things, I hear cash registers in the background. This sounds like it's got to be a lot more expensive, but you guys probably have to have a commitment probably to older customers and just to staying competitive in the market to holding the light on price. We haven't talked about pricing yet, but should we expect a vehicle to cost more than the old one? Well, we're always sensitive to price. Um, at Toyota, um, we, don't, we don't build a truck and then say, okay, how much does it cost? Let's go ahead and then sell it for this price. We start with what is the, the right price this truck needs to transact. And value um, is, is a huge factor in how we approach our product development. Value for the customer. So really what we say is what is the, the price that this needs to transact that's competitive with competitive features within the segment and also will provide value to our customer. And then it's our job as the engineering team then to uh, work on the cost reduction efforts so that we can uh, deliver that product in a way that is meaningful to our customer, provides value to our customer, and of course, you know, retains its affordability as well as, you know, its resale uh, component. So all of that goes into the equation, and uh, specifically in the compact segment, we're very, very um, sensitive to the, the price sensitivity that we see. Uh, and so we really wanted to make sure that we have something that was really important for us as a value at an entry-level uh, product, as well as uh, a competitive product in, in sort of the core area that we um, over-indexing right now, like in the TRD segment. But again, every one of those, we need to provide value for, for the customer. So whatever goes into this truck, we always think about it in terms of, does it meet our quality standard? Does it meet our durability and reliability standard? But also, is this bringing value to our customer? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, one of the things that I thought was so cool about the Tacoma when I saw it in Hawaii was the fact that you have a base truck with a manual transmission. You're keeping the manual transmission. You're one of two trucks that still has one. But you go all the way up into the top tier trims and you've got some really cool um like features like a power running boards and the power lift gate that you can bump up with your knee. And, you know, you've got features on this truck that you don't see in, um, in, in midsize truck segment right now. And so I, I, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about like the, the, the breadth of features that you have and where they come in at the different trim levels. Yeah. Well, thanks. And thanks by the way, for enduring, a. Uh the rain there with us in, in, in Hawaii. I know we got a little bit wet as we were talking through the truck, but right? uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of liquid sunshine never hurt anybody. I think no. um, the, the question is a good question, and honestly, we talked about, uh, or you may have heard us talk about a Tacoma for everybody, and we really wanted to focus on that. Um, I'll say wide breadth as you just talked about. It began with uh, uh, we'll say the core. That's our SR5 and our TRD models, and we wanted to be fiercely competitive in that segment. We we really over indexed in that particular area. And so we wanted to make sure that we took this next generation Tacoma to the next level. And you'll see that with features like in our, in our TRD packages where you're actually getting upgrades in the hardware, you know, Bilstein monotube shocks with, with uh, reservoirs in the rear, um, the satellites or disconnect options that are available, plus a whole bevy of additional um, features that we bring to that segment. But to your point, we also recognize there was two areas maybe on the current generation that um, we could improve on. The first was an entry. And I had a number of people, you know, talk to me and simply say, hey, look, I'm looking for a basic truck. I just need a truck to do what a truck does, drive me. I use it for work. I use it for um, getting to and from, and I don't necessarily need all the bells and whistles. So on the entry level on the SR, on the SR trim, as you, dis as you discussed, 
we really focused on making sure that we took as much of the cost out so that we could pass that on in terms of an entry-level price point for our, for our customers. And that meant being really creative and, and sort of, um, you know, I'll say going against the, the, the grain a little bit and in, in, in proposing to add the, the leaf suspension, for example, um, to, the, to the new outcome platform. That, w- that was not previously available, but that helped us to drive down costs, provide value, uh, and still make sure that we were that particular that customer. Then on the high end, I think you talked a little bit about the limited. That was another area where we said we had some folks that come up and said, we're looking for a compact truck that provides the luxuries and amenities that we might see in the full-size segment, but I want it to fit in my garage. (laughs) So we believe that there is a market for that. Now, it might not be a larger market, but we wanted to make sure that we covered that entire expanse. So that was kind of our concept moving in. I love it. I, I was super impressed with the the trucks you had on display. So you had four different trims. You had the I think it was the, like the TRD Sport, and that was the one that had the manual. Then you had the TRD, and then you had the Limited. Um, but what I really want to dig into is the Trail Hunter uh, because we haven't okay. seen that before with the uh, Toyota or the Tacoma. And so I just I want you to talk about what that is. Absolutely, sure. So we were looking at Trail Hunter. Actually, Trail Hunter sort of came out of, um, in our concept phase, um, we were looking at this sort of new, in maybe 2017, we were starting to see this overlanding type um, outdoor yeah. adventure activity that was becoming more and more popular. And uh, I went to a few of the uh, overlanding events, and, and I looked around and saw that you know Toyota was sort of the de facto choice of, of this this clientele or this customer base already. And I thought, my goodness, how can we service this this uh this customer base better. And um, we really thought that we looked at our Halo truck. And when I say Halo, kind of our, you know, our TRD Pro is sort of the, you know, the original Halo truck for, for T- Tacoma. Um, but we, as we're continuing to develop these sort of high performance trucks, we're asking the TRD Pro to kind of you know, become a jack of all trades. It was inspired by desert high speed racing or, um, you know, like desert racing, high speed energy, yeah. or, or sorry, high speed adrenaline fueled, excuse me. And, um, and then we we're also asking to be fully laden and be able to, you know, rock crawl well. And really, this is where we felt like to do it well, we really needed to sort of split and move into a different direction. And that's where Trail Hunter comes in. Trail Hunter really is not about the, the high speed, but it's more about the journey. It's about, um, you know, carrying a lot of gear, going to remote places, being able to sustain um, those type of camping and, I'll say, outdoor adventure activities that aren't maybe the adrenaline fueled side. And so we really felt that there was a really good branch point between where TRD and, and Trail Hunter uh, could coexist. And then the idea then is the parts that we would develop could be then brought downstream to folks who say, well, maybe I can't afford a pro or maybe I can't afford um, a, a Trail Hunter. But the, a lot of the components that we've already built and, and made can be applied then to your SR5 or, or your TRD uh, ORP sort of great trip. I think there's an interesting opportunity here and maybe a, a strange situation where overlanding vehicles like, like the Trail Hunter, I think there are consumers who never went off-road with a TRD but might do some, mm-hmm. some lightweight off-roading. With these, with these overlanding vehicles like the Trail Hunter and stuff like that. And I, I almost think you're going to see more off-road opportunity and perhaps more real testing of the vehicle in these, with these new overlanding vehicles. We certainly hope so. And we think that that trend was probably um, accelerated with, with COVID and, and people still wanting to get out and, and not you know, kind of cramped and, and, and cooped up in their homes. Uh, and so we've sort of seen this embrace of the outdoor and this sort of uh, adventure experience that people are looking for. Um, we're excited about it because, as we said, we think a lot of times we look at folks, they'll go grab a truck, and the first thing they do is put a deck rack and a tent on. And that's great. <laughs> that's no problem. But, you know, 
the you want to start with the underpinnings, really making sure that suspension that's durable, that's you know built for this carrying this load, is you know going to get you out of the tough spots that you you might find yourself into when you get off the pavement. So that's not as easy to do. And we thought, well, this is an area where we can provide value to that customer. Let us do the heavy lifting. We can take care of you know the the suspension geometry and, and make sure you got the right equipment. And then you can continue to build your rig as you go and, and customize it to what it is that you want to do. And really, that's the idea. And that's also the reason why we've brought in uh, partnerships like ARB uh, and uh, Rigid and others who we believe have credible product in the field. And we've, we've used these partnerships to really help provide the solution. And even if you don't necessarily buy the high-grade truck, these solutions, again, will downstream into some of the lower models. And it really just you know helps sort of the easy button, if you will, making sure that you can, um, you know, adapt or, or modify these trucks. And, and uh, we're, we're there to, to help you do that. Sheldon, what is more modified, the Tundra or the Tacoma? That's a good question. Um, I think when you start to get into lifts and um, things of that nature, the full-size truck certainly uh, has quite a bit of modification. And, and so does the Tacoma. But the Tacoma also comes, uh, you know, ready-made with some of these, especially the Trail Hunter now, uh, straight from the factory. Um, but when you start to talk about customization and, and maybe total amount of accessory yeah. purchases, I think Tacoma probably pulls a little bit of, of Tundra. But honestly, it's something that's sort of common to all trucks. People really like mm-hmm. to, to buy the truck and make it theirs. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that we provided a platform for customization and made it as easy as possible for our customers to do that. Who is a Tacoma customer these days? Well, it's pretty wide ranging. Um, and so <laughs> as we look across the, you know, the segment, think about the compact segment. It goes all the way from the, the fleet or the work truck all the way up to the limited that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we take a look at our customer segment, we recognize that, um, it is expanding across that entire breadth. We have folks who are using these primarily for work. We got folks that, uh, they're their everyday driver. We have folks that recognize that these are sort of a, I'll say just, you know, it's, it's, it is the truck that you aspire to and then, you know, one day you're like, I'm going to purchase this and I'm going to get the pro and the color that I want. Um, so we really see a, a large gamut of customers. But one thing that rings about our customer base is they consider themselves among the most active in the segment. Um, more than 42% of our customers say that they take their vehicle off-road on a regular basis. That means at least once a month. And so we recognize that whether you're able to do that or you aspire to do that, this truck is there to help with those aspirations. And that's really what we are focused on, active outdoor adventure uh, and making sure that we provided that value, quality, dependability, and reliability. We're running out of time here, Sheldon, but I want to confirm something. The regular cab is long gone, isn't it? Yeah, the, the true regular cab, um, there's there's a lot of reasons. We just we don't get the function functional utility that we, we saw to those. We tried to kind of cross go between what the access cab was and the regular cab. Um, our internal development target, we called it D-Max. It was the original D-Cab, but we wanted to maximize storage. <laughs> and that's what you see in our extra cab. It's a two-seater, uh, commonizing much of the body so that, again, we can reduce that cost, pass that savings on to the customer, but then providing some of that rear area with bespoke storage solutions so that um, it can be more user-friendly and more customizable, again, to the customer. There are a lot of very old regular cab Tacomas and Toyota pickups before you guys called it Tacoma in the in the area around where we record this podcast. And I look at them longingly. They're just so cool and they look so stout because they're <laughs> they're a little bit stubby and often people have lifted them a little. Fantastic look. It's a great legacy that you guys are building on. We're uh, we're running out of time here, but uh, real quick, tell us when we get to learn more about this vehicle and when they go on sale. Yeah, no problem. 
So we're going to have our, our national press preview later at the end of this year, probably around November time frame, and that's really when we're going to release all the pricing and, and the full details of all the specs. And uh, as I said, we're in our early production phase right now. We're actually starting to build these trucks in line to make sure that they all go together tight and right. Hopefully, um, later this year, probably December time frame, they should be rolling off the production line. I have one last question I hadn't intended to ask, but I wrote it down, so I'm going to ask you. Do people at Toyota ever refer to the Tacoma as the taco? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We have taco Tuesdays. We have yeah. taco. Most of our stickers have a truck with a taco in the back. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's unavoidable. It, it, it seems like a new thing. Like, Twitter adopted this a couple of years ago, and it stuck. <laughs> well, I was going to say, why do you think I, all of the teasers came out on Tuesday for the Tacoma? I don't know. I didn't think about it, was, it that, that hard. Was, that was not coincidental. <laughs> it was not a coincidence. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Well, Sheldon, we certainly look forward to getting our, our, our hands on the steering wheel of this vehicle. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. I can't wait to get you in the truck. I think you're going to love it. Well, I'm looking forward to it. That was Sheldon Brown with Toyota. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's quiz time. Stick around. <laughs> Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. I'm Tom Appel. She's Jill Simonello, and this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, Jill. Hey, yeah. Um, congrats again. Uh, on the great podcast. Well, you know. Apparently, people should listen to it. Must it, listen to. It, it takes two of us Must to be able to, to do this. And some donuts, which I'm I'm going to be munching on. No, you're eating one or of not the, donuts. You're eating the face-sized apple fritter. Yes. I, I'm eating part of the face-sized apple fritter. You can hear the tissue rumbling in the background. and the. Again. Yeah, I'll try not to talk with my mouth full. It you, is quite lovely. You are our official Foley artist. Um, yeah. uh Jill, you're on social media. I am. Do we have to talk about thread? Because I don't care. We do, in fact, oh, have to talk God. about threads. Oh, God. threads, plural. Threads, plural. Oh, God. Because you have threads of conversation. Can I, can I tell you something about threads before you go on? Sure. Patrick Olson, our guest two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, texted me over the weekend to let me know he went to threads. Mm-hmm. And his very first thread was, his very first thread post was? Us. Fewer. Patrick is an old school newspaper editor mm-hmm. and a hardcore copy editor mm-hmm. like old school and he gets really mad about people confusing fewer and less and it was like his thing on twitter before he left twitter for different Fair. reasons he was all about fewer and less don't even get me started on over and um like more than and less than and here's, here's the thing about that if you're going to give a range at the end don't say something specific at the beginning like things like up to about, like don't do that. No, it, it should be a number. No, there's and no there's no random vagueness at the end if you're saying up to. No, but it should be a cap. But but my problem is you jump over a fence. Uh huh. You have more than three hundred and fifty thousand whatever. I'm probably not as careful about that as I should be, but yes, exactly. That that, that is thing. my personal pet peeve. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, less sand, fewer grains of sand. Okay, we're done. Okay, so threads. Threads. Back back to threads. Yes, I am on threads. Oh, good. I, I was number like 27 million who joined threads because <laughs> I think they're up to like 70 million people. But um, yeah, uh, so threads is uh, you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Um, but I've been, inc- I won't say disenchanted with Twitter, but kind of like hacked off with Twitter. I was verified on Twitter. They took my verification away because I wouldn't pay for it. 
Um, but, you know, Facebook and uh, Instagram and um, threads have verification based on the fact that you're a public personality, which, you know, I, I am. I am a public personality and it's free. Um, so I'm verified on all of the meta uh, properties, uh, but I I have all of the things. And I, you're giving me this look like your eyes are rolling back in your head. You're done talking about social media. So I'll just say <laughs> you can find me at Jill Simonello on uh, TikTok, threads, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all of the things. Um, and I use the hashtag card I'm still giggling about the blue checkmark thing. I, I don't know. It's just a, such a stupid little thing. I mean, I feel bad for you, but a that lot of I, people really, really, really wanted it. Yeah, and they can pay for it and now. And now you can just buy it. Yeah, and that's stupid yeah. to me. I don't want it if I have to pay for it. I well, want exactly. it because it's real. That's exactly right. And um, and I will say Meta does have this fourteen ninety nine like blue check mark or some kind of a check mark verification that you can buy, but it's different than the verification that you get because you're a real human who is a public personality. The thing about Twitter that's really hacking me off right now, I was going to say pissing off, but that's not as family friendly. Um, um, so you just said pissing off anyway. Yeah, but that was quoting me. So Got that, it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is the fact that now because I'm into cars, they just show me car stuff. Not by anyone I follow. <laughs> like who? I don't care. So the one I thing- follow people because I, I only follow like 300 people. Yeah. Because their content is good. Because you want to follow those people. So yeah. the one thing that I really like about Twitter, and I think threads will follow, but they're not there yet. It's, I mean, they literally just launched on Thursday. But I create lists for people that I follow. And then that way, so like I have a list for all the North American Car of the Year jurors so that I can follow them and see what they're writing about and I can retweet them and comment on their stuff. I have, um, I actually have a list for, and it's called People I Care About. And and you are in fact on that list. Oh well, that's because nice. I care about you. Yeah. Um, but but you know, then I have like a news list. I have an automotive list. I have a list for automotive PR people. Um, but but that's what I liked about Twitter is the fact that you can create lists and then you can follow other people's lists um, if they're public. Not all of my lists are public. Um, and, and then you get the content that you want. So you can really drill into the people and the content you want to follow on Twitter. And Threads isn't there yet. The only people on my I care about list are, are Emma Thompson and Keith Richards. I should be there, too. I'm just saying. Um, I'll think about it. Yeah. Uh, the, I curse about her occasionally. You're asking, you're asking me to expand the list by 50%. Mm, just like a third. It's not quite 50%, right? Uh, all right. Uh, I we, don't know. we have Math babbled a lot thing. about threads and yeah. stuff. And, and now the, the quiz. <laughs> you know, we should probably go on to that. It's, it's time sensitive now. The quiz. Are you ready? I will not stall. Sexiest title ever for a quiz. Are you ready? Okay. Random corporate facts. That is not sexy. That's very random is what it is, but go for it. Jill, are you ready? I'm going to continue eating while... Yeah, yeah. These are random corporate facts. Jill, where is Stellantis headquartered? Stellantis, of course, is the merger of so many companies, but Mm -hmm. Fiat Chrysler with PSA. It's just Mm -hmm. a lot lot of stuff. It was Mm -hmm. busy. Where are they headquartered? Detroit, Paris, London, or Amsterdam? Mm. Well, their North American headquarters is in Detroit, but that's not what you're asking, is it? It's not what I'm asking. Um, so what were the other two? Uh, Detroit, Paris, London, Amsterdam. I'm going to say Paris. Amsterdam. Dang. Yeah. Jill, you have no points. Huh. I'm going to write your name here, but I'm not putting any points beneath it. Yeah. Okay. That's your favorite thing. No points for me. Jill, you have no points. Mm-mm. Jill, of what group is Lotus now a part? Lotus, the legendary sports car manufacturer and engineering firm that doesn't currently sell anything street legal in the U.S. Right. But they're going to make an SUV because we're all... Because 
Everybody has one. Yeah, we believe that's going to happen. Right. Uh, Lotus is now a part of, is it Geely, Tata, Stellantis, or American Motors? Uh, This story is not even sounding familiar to me. Um, I don't think it's Stellantis. I don't think it's American Motors. Uh, What were the other two? Tata. Uh Uh-huh. Indian Industrial Group Tata or Chinese Industrial Group Geely. Is it Geely or Geely? I thought it was Geely. I keep getting it wrong, and I can't fix it. Whatever is in my head that gets, uh, I can't fix it. So if you're listening out there, you need to email the Car Stuff Podcast. It's, is it Tom at? No, what is the email? Definitely not the Tom. <laughs> it's Car Stuff at ConsumerGuide.com. Okay, you need yeah. to email us with the proper pronunciation if you yeah. know what that is. Um, yeah. All right, I told you I wasn't going to stall, and I'm totally stalling. So is it Gili, Gili or um, Tata? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Tata. It's Geely. Um, uh, <laughs> I still have no points. You have no points, Joe. This one's easy. But Jill, I have an apple fritter. You do, and it looks good. Actually, I had a chunk of that. It's all mm-hmm. right. Jill, where is Tesla headquartered? Are you ready? Okay. Austin, Texas, Fremont, California, Auburn Hills, Michigan, or Palatine, Illinois? <laughs> Palatine, no. Right behind um, the Dairy Queen. You right, can see right, it from right here. behind yeah. the studio. Yeah. Um I feel like they were in California, but I don't think they are anymore. So I'm going to go with um, Austin, Texas. You are correct. You're on the board. Woohoo! I have a point. We didn't talk about the rules, but uh, you need to get uh, the five regular questions, one bonus question. You need to get a total of three for a win. You have one, mm-hmm. and you need to get two more with three opportunities. Jill, of what group is Opal now apart? Mm. Mm-hmm. General Motors, Stellantis, Renault, Nissan Alliance, or the Mercedes-Benz Group? By the way, I didn't realize it was called the Mercedes-Benz Group already, but but old Daimler-Benz broke off, so the truck thing is separate right. now. Okay, so let's let's follow the Opal Opal thing because um, they used to be a part of General Motors, uh-huh. but they're not anymore. Correct. Because um, remember the Astra that we talked about? Yeah, it used to be the Opal Astra. It was, and they brought it here as a Saturn. Um, Probably the best Saturn ever sold here. I know, and I have a pin which we discussed. Oh yeah, kiss my yeah. Astra. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we have to check the box again. Astra. Um, okay, so not that. Um, so you said, what were the other ones that were not GM? Uh, that were not GM: Stellantis, Renault, Nissan Alliance, Mercedes-Benz Group. Oh, I feel like that went to PSA, and isn't PSA now a part of Stellantis? Colombo, you got it. Woohoo! All right. This is all a part of like this alphabet soup stuff. Yeah, it's all like a nightmare. Yeah. You're, like you're waking up from your sleep and like Opal is part of Stellantis. I know. Jill, mm-hmm. where is Polestar headquartered? Mm. Want to take a free swing before I give you the list? It's free. Nope. All right. Uh, Gutenberg, Sweden, Detroit, Michigan, Hangzhou, China, Cape Cape Coral, Florida, which I spelled florid. I'm just going to fix that now. Florid. Um, so Polestar Mm -hmm. is, I don't know if you would say, I I always, I don't know if it's quite in partnership or part of Volvo. It's really not. It's a technical partner to Volvo, but it's actually independently owned by Geely. Right. But I feel like when I was in Gothenburg, Sweden, a couple months ago, we saw them testing Polestars at the Volvo area. Interesting. I know. Interesting. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna go with Gothenburg. You are correct. Okay. There you go. I thought you were going to have more trouble with this one. You have three points. You have a win. 
But we go to the bonus question because that is what we do. All right. Jill, Oreos. You're familiar with Oreos? Actually, I like Oreos. Yeah, Oreos, Nabisco product, now Mm -hmm. owned and distributed by Mondelez, the snack food giant. Okay. Uh, First seen in 1912. In 2022, more than $4 billion worth of yummy sandwich cookies were sold worldwide. Yummy sandwich cookies. Yeah, Oreos are good. As you may know, there are currently many varieties of Oreos on grocery store shelves. I think mm-hmm. you know where this is going. Mm-mm. Jill, which of the following is not hmm. an available Oreo configuration? Mm. Are you ready? Mm-mm. <laughs> Let me know when you are. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay. Uh, caramel coconut, mm. birthday cake, lemon, vanilla kiwi cream. Wow, that's a face. Vanilla kiwi cream yeah. sounds hideous. So, the vanilla, not the chocolate cookie with kiwi cream Blech. center. That sounds horrible. Oh. Um, what was the first one? Caramel coconut. See, now that sounds awesome, which means it's probably not real. That does sound awesome. Um, I would eat those. I would 100% eat those. To be fair, I would eat all of these. but um, I would not eat the coconut, not really whatever. That, that picky or about the um, key lime pleh. Um, but I feel like birthday cake is a thing. What was the f- third one? A uh, lemon. Lemon. That sounds like it would be a thing, even though lemon and chocolate is a, also a hideous idea. Birthday cake, like a thing that's running its course. Yeah. Soon we'll see birthday cake stuff at Arby's, and that's when you know it's over. <laughs> that's the end. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the one that I think should be one, but I don't think it is. Is the coconut caramel whatever. Those are real. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad they're real. Now Car- somebody said to me. Caramel coconut are real. Birthday cake is real. Lemon is real. Vanilla kiwi cream. Not real. Not real. Thank God. That also feels like something from another country. Like they wouldn't do that here. Yeah. All right. You've won. Ha. I'm going to autograph this for you. And I have the pleasure of knowing that the um, coconut caramel are real. Yeah. And I need them. What are those Girl Scout cookies? Uh, oh, Samoa cookies. Samoa. Dang. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about Girl Scouts. Uh, Girl Scouts, great organization, that's fine. But but the cookie thing, you're now down to a box of 8 to 10 cookies for $38. I, like, I, I just don't... So one of the, so I, I, I recently moved, and there's a coffee place near me. I want to say it's called, like, Day Glow um, Coffee. And they have a donut that's like the Samoa cookie. Oh, that's there's no way in that. And it's not bad. $38, and there's probably more stuff in there than is in the box of the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, Girl Scouts now offer financing for cookie purchases. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, awesome. this is where, again, this is not a slam on the Girl Scouts. Also, you don't really need to talk to a Girl Scout anymore. You can just buy them online. That actually so makes th- me sad. There's no Girl Scout in a uniform at your door trying to get you to buy cookies, which you, your heart breaks, of course. You'll buy yeah. $90 worth of yeah, I used to sell Girl Scout cookies. Did you? I Not very well, but yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I'm not into the Thin Mints. Eh. Frozen, they're okay. Yeah. With um, like mint chocolate chip ice cream. That's what, actually pretty good. What are the peanut good. butter cookies? Those kill. Oh, the Tagalongs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good those stuff. Are, those are good. All right. We are down to about three minutes here. Okay. If, if I can manage clock watching. What, uh, what else you got going on? You, you've got an Accord story coming up soon? I do have an Accord story um, coming up soon. Uh, I'm like, what? I feel, oh, I, you know what? I did a story last week um, 
That's from, what you were doing. Yeah, I did a story. Um, <laughs> one last week about the Ford Maverick uh-huh. and um, how the pricing has kind of gone off the rails. What the hell? I know. So it started out as a $20,000, quote unquote, $20,000 yeah. without destination truck for so the hybrid really, powertrain. It was really 21.5 or 21.6 yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but now, two years later, the hybrid powertrain is no longer standard. It's extra cost. It's extra cost. And um, yeah, the, the price, I want to say the overall price has gone up about $5,000. So wait, how much is the hybrid option? Um, let's see. So the on the um, I'm like ah, it's not coming up on my chart. Um, I of course I, I want to say it's like twenty six. So that's rough. And here, here's like, the thing ah, about that: the thing started off as a bargain. Yeah, twenty six. And then COVID happened, and the supply mm-hmm. chain issue happened, and they stopped building these things. Built up huge. Yep. Huge demand for these things, but the price went up ridiculously. Yeah, so it's it's twenty six thousand four hundred ninety five with destination. Also, it's interesting that they flip flopped, and they've done this before. They did this with the Ford Edge, where if you didn't want the V six and you wanted the four cylinder turbo for better mileage, at first the four cylinder was the base engine, and then later it was extra cost. Yeah, or vice versa. I can't remember, but it was strange because yeah. it didn't represent real value. It was just a response to marketing and demand. But 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 the to confirm. The hybrid still not available with all-wheel drive. No. No. That stinks. Yeah. So if you want all-wheel drive, you've got to go with EcoBoost, which is now the base engine. Which is good, actually, because that's spunky. If you don't care about the fuel economy, that's a spunky engine. It is a spunky engine. Uh, Real quick, I have uh, just finished my review. took me forever for some reason. Of the 2023 Ford Bronco Sport Heritage Limited. Okay. Which uh, is everything but affordable. Everything but affordable. Okay. The Bronco Sport is fun, and the Heritage Edition is available on, on I think, the Badlands and then on, or I forget, it's on two different versions. So one's kind of affordable and mm-hmm. one's really expensive. I drove the expensive version. came to $47,000. Yeah, that's a little rough. For Bronco Sport. But, but the, the Heritage stuff is fun. You get the white grill. You get yeah. the white roof. You get the white interior treatment. You get the cool f- exclusive colors. Mm-hmm. The one I drove was Yellowstone. And you get the white wheels, which mm. are totally badass looking. Yeah. So I don't think anyone cares about the the Bronco that came out in 1966 in terms of what this is a heritage right. resemblance of, but it still looks good. Yes. So cool thing. If you got some money to burn on something that's largely aesthetic, there you go. Yeah. Do that. But all Bronco sports are pretty fun. Yeah. I like the Bronco sport. Yeah. Guess what we did? Uh, you talk too much. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Actually, I'll admit that. I did most of the talking today. You had a lot to say today. Yeah. Big thanks to Sheldon Brown of Toyota for talking Tacoma with us. Mm -hmm. Thank you to Randy and the good folks here at TalkZone. Yes. They make us sound good. And thank you, Jill. You were in studio today. It was scary. (laughs) The nav system said you wouldn't be here on time. Well, it said I was going to be here at spot on 3 o'clock, and I actually got here at like 2.55. So there you go. Yeah. You beat the nav system. All right. Hey, here's an idea. Let's talk more about cars again. Next week. Next week. Remember to check us out at ConsumerGuide.com. The Car Stuff Podcast is produced by J-Turn Media. To advertise on the show, please drop us a line at CarStuff at ConsumerGuide.com.